Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on WLIWFM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on The Heart of the East End. Live from the WLIWFM Studio 51 in Southampton, New York, I'm Gianna Volpe on Long Island's only NPR radio station. Documents published by a group taking responsibility for the ransomware attack on Suffolk County government include speeding tickets, contracts with county vendors, and a handwritten marriage license from 1908, according to a Newsday review of the materials. Fira Chinese reports on Newsday.com that such documents which in some cases show the names, addresses, and dates of birth of of county residents, could contain increasingly sensitive information as hackers press their demands, one cybersecurity expert said. Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures in Northport, which provides data and research to the information technology industry, said ransomware hackers sometimes start by leaking less sensitive data in what they consider to be a show of good faith, to open ransom negotiations. Morgan said hackers could continue to leak increasingly sensitive information to ramp up pressure on the county. Suffolk County took down its web-based applications and websites on September 8th following a cyber attack on county computer systems. An updated posting Monday said hackers were seeking an unspecified small reward. Earlier Monday, Mary-Kate Gilfoyle, a spokesperson for Balone, said county officials were continuing to assess the attack. In their post on the dark web on September 15, hackers said they had extracted four terabytes of county files, including court and sheriff's office records. Quote, we also have huge databases of Suffolk County citizens extracted from the clerk.county.suf domain in the county administration, the hackers post said. In political news, Albany County District Attorney David Soros and the New York State Board of Elections are moving forward with an investigation into alleged elections fraud involving the effort to get Republican nominee for Governor Representative Lee Zeldin on a third-party line on ballots for the November 8 general election against Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul. Zach Williams reports in the New York Post that at the center of the probe is ex-convict John uh, Haggerty Jr., who went to jail ripping off former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg's campaign. Haggerty was reportedly the key player in the effort to secure the Independence Party line for Zeldin, who is from Shirley, Long Island. Haggerty is alleged to have used 11,000 photocopied signatures to meet the 45,000 name threshold to get Zeldin the additional party line, the Times Union revealed Sunday. Zeldin's campaign was not involved in submitting the photocopied signatures, Haggerty spent more than a year in prison after he was convicted of money laundering and grand larceny for stealing about $750,000 from the 2009 re-election campaign of New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg. After leaving prison, Haggerty worked for Donald Trump during his 2016 presidential campaign with the blessing of right-wing New York firebrand Carl Palladino. A spokesperson for state GOP chair uh, chairperson Nick Langworthy, who has previously said the Zeldin campaign and state party are fully integrated 
on a daily basis blasted the probe as politically motivated. Looking at crime, the MTA or other crimes, the MTA will deploy a dedicated unit of police officers to ride on double LIRR trains in response to growing safety concerns among uh, riders and employees. The department's top cop said yesterday, Alfonso A. Castillo reports on Newsday.com that the train patrol unit will include about 60 officers dedicated exclusively to riding LIRR and Metro North trains. Metropolitan Transportation Authority Police Commissioner John Mueller announced at a meeting of the MTA board. The unit made up of existing staff is expected to begin its work in January. Quote, we've heard what the public has been asking for, which is a train patrol and a stronger and more robust presence. So that's what this does. End quote. That's Mueller acknowledging the LIRR's continued efforts to attract riders that it lost during the pandemic. Weekday ridership is approximately 70 percent of pre-COVID levels. Uh, Mueller saying it's going to be an entire package of visibility and addressing quality of life. Major crimes on the LIRR were up 73 percent through August from 45 crimes in the first eight months of 2021 to 78 during the same period this year. The MTA defines major crimes as uh, murder, rape, robbery, felony assault, burglary, grand larceny and grand larceny auto. Mueller said the officers will begin their days at 5 a.m. at stations on Long Island, ride the train into New York City terminals, and then make the return trip back east during the evening rush hour. Officers will board trains at opposite ends of a station platform, then work their way to the middle of a train, along the way having a lot of interaction with riders. Canine and special operations personnel will also be deployed at station platforms as necessary the MTA police force numbers about 1,100 officers. And finally, browning lawns may give way to much browner leaves this autumn thanks to Long Island's still severe drought. But September could prove a catch-up month with enough rain to ease conditions, according to experts. There's even a remote chance Hurricane Fiona, still deluging Puerto Rico, might dampen the East Coast and possibly New York later this week. Two of the National Hurricane Center's 23 models for the storm's track show it might sweep up the eastern seaboard from the Carolinas. That's according to Mark William Wisaki, a senior lecturer of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences at Cornell University and New York State's climatologist. In the world of betting, that's what we call outliers, he said, explaining Fiona's path partly hinges on the location of the Bermuda High and how it interacts with the jet stream, either continuing to push the storm out into the eastern and northern Atlantic or instead curling it west toward the U.S. coast. Joan Gralla reports on Newsday.com that even without Fiona, Long Island's arid patch already has begun easing and should improve further, though only about half the typical amount of rain fell from June 1st to September 8th, just 6.25 inches instead of 13.61, according to Dominic Ramuni, an uh, NWS meteorologist based in Upton. Yet Long Island so far this month has gotten about half of the 3.6 inches of rain that falls in September. Still, this was the second warmest summer since the National Weather Service began keeping records for Islip in 1963. The average temperature was 74.6 degrees, just 
a tenth of a degree below the 2010 record. Islip's average summer temperature is slightly cooler by two degrees. Speaking of the weather, reading uh, the National Weather Service report for Greenport in honor of the East End Seaport Museum and Marine Foundation's Paul Creeling joining us at the bottom of the hour to talk about uh, Maritime Festival this weekend, looking like a mostly sunny Tuesday with a high near 78 degrees west wind, 7 to 9 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 61. Northwest wind, 5 to 7 miles per hour. Right now, it's 66 degrees, and we have a playlist made of music from all decades and genres building up to our live performance at the bottom of the next hour right here in WLI WFM Studio 51 with Pete Mancini. So stay tuned for that. We've got uh, John Hartford kicking it off in Tall Buildings, Matt Maltese's Tall Buildings, before a band called Damn Tall Buildings, Lemons from their Sleeping Dogs record from this year. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is John Hartford. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Someday my baby when I am a man and others have taught me the best that they can to sell me a suit to cut off my head to send me to work in tall buildings so it's goodbye to the sunshine goodbye to the dew goodbye to flowers and goodbye I'm off to the subway I must not be late I'm going to work in tall
All the lemons in the window grow cold in the wintertime, and everything's feeling fine, cool and yellow. Don't it feel good? All the moon and the
the sun shines all the you paint twice just to say hello in the tree tops doesn't got caught in a rain cloud getting pretty cold out in this place for jack and when the sun hits lights up your eyelids dark days coming but thinking i can act such a track morning on green and blue she said i can feel god in the soles of my shoes Lemons, the band Damn Tall Buildings, working on that building theme. We'll continue with Modest Mouse's uh, cover of Sleepwalking from the Building Nothing Out of Something record from 1996. But first, it is the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour on Tuesday morning, just after midnight, if you're listening to the replay. That means it's time for our hot studio segment, underwritten by Peconic Landing, flying over to Greenport to speak with East End Seaport uh, Museum and Marine Foundation's Paul Creeling about the one and only Maritime Festival coming to Greenport Village this weekend. Good morning, Paul. Uh, good morning, John. This is, uh, this is a great opportunity. I want to invite everybody to our uh, both land and sea gala that's coming up Friday night. There are tickets still available. And, oh. uh, of course, the Maritime Festival on Saturday. Land and the sea. Gala. Yeah, the Land and it's Sea Gala. It's great. Yeah, and it's... we have uh, it's sponsored by Claudio's, and it features the best of the North Fork, from seafood to wines to local oysters. I mean, our Grand Marshals will be there. They're the they're uh, both uh, Elizabeth Peoples and uh, Stephanie Bassett from the founders of Little Ram, and of course, the yeah, terrific auction. We have some great items. People have been very generous in donating things, all the way from cruises to. Uh, experiences to some incredible artwork uh, featuring Max Moran and and um, 
Annie Sessler, some beautiful yes. pieces. Love it. Nautical and is appreciated. Please show up wearing your finery. All right, you can get tickets at eastendseaport.org forward slash land and sea. So land and sea maritime festival. Wait, hold on, yeah, Paul. Paul, let me just stop you for a second. Uh, land and sea gala is something that the local folk look forward to all summer long. It's it's sort of our coming out uh, after the season. The season. Uh, has <laughs> right. continued to drag on. Slide the rock away. Yeah. Right. Uh, is it going well, to be taking place at the shipyard? Same same place. Well, I know it's the same. Steve time. Clark ship. It's going to be at Steve Clark shipyard. It's called Greenport uh, Shipyard and Yacht Building Company, right. but it's right in the right in the heart of Greenport. Right. Um, walk-in tickets will be available if if you don't buy tickets by Friday at ten o'clock. Um. But please come. Like I said, the, the more the merrier. I do for the benefit of the museum and the kickoff of our new uh, our revised uh, capital campaign fund to rebuild uh, Bug Light, which we have made great progress on. Yes. The foundation. Now, and, can you talk a little you know, bit we about? We've done a lot of work on it. Can you talk it a little bit great. about the, that yep. restoration effort, Paul? Uh, what have you done okay. so far? Uh, the, the lighthouse has been there for you know 33 years. And it's been lit constantly. It's an icon to our to our uh, neighborhood. Uh, you know, it's like the period at the end of Greenport. You know, every right. whether you're leaving or you're going, it's right there always. And uh, she's getting a little worn from the tide and wind, and you know, thirty years is a long time. And to that end, we have taken funds that we have gathered uh, from generous donors, um, from previous land and seas, and online and uh we have resurfaced the foundation uh glenn heitman of heitman and sons has been instrumental he's basically rtc we have a new found the foundation has been stabilized um the main brace that holds the whole thing up has been descaled and and fixed and now <clears throat> to fix the superstructure well it's a heavy lift we're you know we need a we need to put scaffolding all around it, and logistics are uh, expensive. Hmm. So we'll be asking for generous donations for the. Um, I mean, it's our lighthouse. It's right. uh, all of us. Hey, I, w- I think that it's really important. I wanted to ask yep. about. Um, um, we've got a tall ship coming. It looks like Amistad is going to be there uh, oh, this weekend. Not only do we have a tall ship coming, the Amistad is best to the festival. Not only do we have the tall ship coming the coast guard cutter coming with the merchant marine is bringing two restored vessels one of them is 115 feet long uh, just just an amazing turnout we have shanty singers throughout the you know for your entertainment and of course you know almost 100 almost 100 vendors as well as the local all the local shops and restaurants who will be flinging their doors open for this festival the restaurants are uh, all gearing up uh, it's uh, it's Seems to be uh, a really happening event. Of course, oh, it kayak, is. You know, yeah. the kayak races. That's always fun. Yeah. You know, to go out and poke holes in each other, and uh, <laughs> along with a, uh, there'll be a, a snapper fishing derby for the kids and kids activities, and and of course, all those wonderful wooden boats displayed in the park. Yes, the uh, wooden the boat classic works, among boat, others, boat show is are awesome. Bringing some just beautiful wood stuff. You know. 
Can I ask about the Grand Marshals, um, about Elizabeth Peoples and Steffi Bassett, about Little Ram Oysters, um, why they were chosen as the Grand Marshals for this year's parade? Yes, absolutely. I mean, every year we try to honor someone in the marine trades in the, in the, that has been instrumental in keeping um, alive the maritime history of Greenport. Now, maritime history doesn't stop in the past. It's ongoing. Right. And uh, Elizabeth uh, Peoples and Stephanie Bassett and Little Ram uh, Oysters are, are a representative of the ongoing and in- increasingly important oyster industry out here. Right. And I believe they have, uh, well, you know, I mean, they're such smiling faces. They're always good. And their oysters will be served there as well as some from other other donors, um, among them Oyster Ponds and, and Pico Oysters. Um, it's, you know, the local wines will all be there and the restaurants. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this, uh, this festival. It's, uh, As you should uh, be. Well, you know, you know like right it's a after, big thing. <laughs> after, right after the festival opens, of course, the Paul Drum Pirate and Mermaid fundraiser uh, happens at Front Street Station. Uh, you've got stuff going on right. all day. The parade kicks off uh, Broad and Main to Front and Third at 11 a.m. You've, of course, you've got the Merry Merfolk contest in Mitchell Park at noon. Uh, as you mentioned, the classic boat show, one of my favorite parts of the the festival kayak races at three o'clock on Friday. Uh, you know, it continues all weekend long, as he mentioned, um, eastendseaport.org is the place to get tickets. Um, what haven't I said that you want to make sure uh, people know about uh, this year's 33rd, 33rd annual? How many years? 33rd. 33rd year, yeah, it's a long time. The you know that uh, I'm I'm really trying to press uh, press home the the importance that this whole this whole event is what supports the museum and its efforts to restore the lighthouse for the whole year. I mean, it is our big event, and we love um, we love uh, Bug Light, museum, but the Paul... museum has been. Upgraded yes. continually. We our new displays. We'll have new displays next year. We now have an art gallery featuring some local art, local artwork, and of course, have to have to push this one. We have our augmented reality uh, sandbox that is such a big hit with the the kids. They get to build islands and you know watch the watch it change with the water level, and it's quite an edge piece as well as a lot of fun we do a lot of vacuuming though yes i can i can only Um, imagine but i did want to say because you know obviously we 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 love bug light but i did just want to say that i imagine these efforts also support the museum right down uh by the ferry which is it's not only a beautiful um historic building in its right but you have a really cool uh programming and and exhibits that go on there um, I didn't know about the uh, the sand castle or the the augmented sand boxes, which I I well, guess I think they call it a sand table. It's so, actually a sand box, and it was interestingly it was it was donated by a local anonymous donor. But the whole technology and the whole thing was put together by a local uh, Jack McGinnis, a ninth grader. He was the one who it. put it all together and made it all work, and has. You know, he's the guy we call if there's any issues. He's I got to talk to this kid. Amazing 
contribution from a local, you know, local kid. We're yes. trying to get the new, some new blood in there, and it is happening. So Our, what is it? Children's program this year. What does it do? Does um, it does it have tides basically that come in and out? No, it's a, it's, it's 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 sort sort of static. It projects it projects topographic lines on the sandbox, and then you can build these islands, and you can see the lines, and it sort of shows. And it sort of you can tell people about the tides and the um, the changing sea level and changing when someone dredges something out how it changes and but basically the the kids experience the physical land masses and and how they can create islands and they can um, begin to understand how geography affects the area I fascinating mean, on a very simple level they're just building in the sandbox. But with a little with a little science explanation, you know, you can see the kids just light up. It's pretty. It's pretty wonderful. Yeah. So it's a great way to realize they can make an island, or they can remove an island, or they can change the shape of an island. Well, I gotta, I gotta come it, and it see this thing. I gotta come and see this thing. And, oh, you have and, to come and see it. And folks out there, if you're as looking, as well as the other displays. Yes. You know, there are many other displays. We have a new whaling display, which is. Uh, with uh, pretty interesting, we've plotted the courses of one of the whaling vessels out of Greenport, all the way around the world. I mean, it took four years. It's it's a fascinating little story, and of course we have our wonderful Fresnel lenses there. That just I mean, they're jaw dropping. They're so beautiful. You know, they're just such monuments to man's ingenuity there. Um, and you know, of course we have a gift shop. <laughs> Is the I, but, I imagine uh, primarily it's educational. Will the you know, will the museum we have? Will the museum be open this weekend? I know we've we've we're we're over our yes, time. Yes, it will. So it's I just want open wanna... and manned. Open and manned. All right. We so... have moved since you know since we have uh, moved the augmented reality sandbox into the main uh, part of the building. Um, you can experience it all in a in a quite short period of time. But please come by, especially to see the new artwork that we have. Max Moran has put up an exhibit of 13 beautiful um, lands- seascapes, I would say. Only he can capture the sky like that, an impressionist. And uh, anyway, the museum will be open. Um, we will be continuing as as allows. We will be continuing to create uh, events during all during the winter events and programs. We'll probably have some Zoom lectures, et cetera, et cetera, if we're still doing Zoom by then. But I'm looking at some painting workshops. I'm looking at some, just to keep us uh, A, alive, and B, part of the community. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of the base of the you know, community, that our history. And it's made up of individuals, many of which are, uh, you know, not just history dead. Many people are all around. We have a lively oyster business going on. We have is going on, uh, and of course our marine trades. It may have we may not be building as many ships as we are, but boy, look at the marine trades that we have. That's all right. the you know marinas and all you know Mitchell Park right there. Well, oh, come can... see the carousel. That'll be live. Yes. <laughs> That'll be happening. Too. Enjoy, enjoy <laughs> it all this weekend. Um, Eastendseaport.org for tickets and a schedule of events. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Paul Creeling of the East End Seaport Museum and Marine Foundation.
This is Modest Mouse, and you, whoever you are out there, you just heard the Hot Studios segment underwritten by Peconic Landing right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Trash boys listen to their headphones blasting white noise in the convenience store parking lot. I hung around there, wasting my time hoping you'll stop by. Cause I'm sleepwalking. I'm Nice cover of Santo and Johnny's Sleepwalking by Modest Mouse. Now the Reverend Al Green, the head of Alleluia Choir, building a nation after building up. Hiatus Coyote after that from the Choose It Your Weapon record. Right here on WLI WFM. 
wish I had an honest partner for some honest lessons where you won't be judged for your small transgressions. And nobody cares when we come or go. I wish I had a trusted comrade who I could care for, making this the one who was always there for. My favorite one at the show. Loving this morning's playlist. Many tracks that I had never heard before putting together this morning's playlist, including this next one, Building a Ladder. The artist is called Hiatus uh, Coyote. The record is called Choose Your Weapon from 2015. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you're listening to The Heart of the East End right here on WLIWFM. 
Hopping over Sarah McLaughlin's Building a Mystery. But don't worry if you want to hear it. You can always find the playlist on WLIW.org slash radio. Leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour with a little ELO and Counting Crows. Buildings have eyes and perfect blue buildings as we build up to our Pete Mancini interview at the bottom of the next hour, talking about Sag Harbor American Music Festival, live from WLIWFM Studio 51. Join us. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is ELO, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
down the street from your hotel, baby. I stayed home with my disease. I need best position, familiar, darling. Well, all monkeys do what they see. With Long Island local news, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM, a luxury hotel on the site of the former Grassmere Inn in West Hampton Beach has been awarded $690,512 in tax breaks by the county. James T. Medor reports on Newsday.com that in a unanimous vote last week, the county's IDA gave final approval for the tax aid to Melville-based developer WHBH Real Estate LLC in return for its investment of $11.6 million in the property and a pledge to create about 14 jobs over two years. The amount of property tax savings is $224,587 or 22% over 10 years. But even with the tax aid, the project will generate nearly $600,000 more in property taxes over the next decade than if no improvements were made to the historic inn, according to an analysis by the Brooklyn-based consulting firm National Development Council. The project consists of restoring the Grassmere's main building, which dates to the 1880s, and tearing down an annex constructed in the 1960s and 70s and an adjacent cottage. A new annex would be constructed. The new hotel, to be called Seven Beach Lane, would have 16 guest rooms split equally between the Victorian and modern contemporary styles, according to Corey Glucksdale, uh, managing member of the development company. He said the West Hampton Beach Hotel would hopefully open next year. In Riverhead, the town board will move to grant board members the ability to participate virtually during public meetings if they aren't physically available to attend in person. Alec Lewis reports on RiverheadLocal.com that the proposed local law allows members of a public body to participate online in the case of extraordinary circumstances as long as notice is given and a public body has in-person quorum, which in the case of Riverhead Town governing bodies is three members. If a board member participates virtually, the public also has the right to participate virtually. The law states that the local law was drafted by the Committee on Open Government, a state entity, after an executive order permitting government meetings to be conducted virtually because the pandemic was not renewed. Riverhead Town Board members last Thursday agreed to pursue passage of the law, which requires public hearing. 
And finally, state officials yesterday released a five-year plan that addresses coastal resiliency, water quality, climate change, and tourism, calling Long Island's South Shore Estuary Reserve an ecological wonderland whose vast natural resources must be managed, protected, and restored. Robert Brodsky reports on Newsday.com that the estuary's comprehensive management plan unveiled at Cedar Beach Marina in Babylon as part of National Climate Week is a blueprint for preserving the South Shore's marine resources. Plan updates are typically released every half decade and serve as a guide for distributing project funding. In the past 21 years, state, federal, and local programs have provided more than $660 million in estuary reserve funding for nearly 460 projects, according to officials. The plan's agenda will be partially funded with $1 million in annual state dollars, but local advocates must still lobby for critical federal infrastructure funding to help it reach completion. Implementation will be led by the New York Department of State, along with local officials, environmental advocacy groups, and business leaders. The plan was prepared by the South Shore Estuary Reserve Council with help from the Department of State. The council has representatives from the state and local governments, nonprofit and academic groups, and other local stakeholders. The South Shore Estuary Reserve, which is administered by the Department of State, includes numerous beaches, shallow bays, tidal marshes, tributaries, marinas, and upland areas extending from western Nassau to eastern Suffolk. The estuary supports about 3,000 businesses that employ roughly 30,000 individuals. Governor Kathy Hochul said in a statement, protecting Long Island's waterways and shorelines have never been more important as we face the growing and unprecedented effects of climate change and regular threats to water quality and ecological health. Reading the weather right here in Southampton in honor of our next guest, Pete Mancini, joining us right here in WLIWFM Studio 51 for a, a live performance at the bottom of the hour underwritten by Southampton Arts Center. Um, it looks like we've got sunny with a high near 75 degrees, northwest wind around 10 miles per hour, partly cloudy tonight with a low around 61 degrees, northwest wind 5 to 7 miles per hour right now. It's 74 degrees, and we are building up to our bottom of the hour interview and live performance with Easter Brothers, I'm building a mansion, hopping over first aid kit and the elders with I'm building myself a boat and building a boat to play Brooks and Dunn with Cheryl Crow and Vince Gills building bridges. I'm Gianna Volpe and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome and you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
If you're missing those tracks from First Aid Kit and The Elders, you can always find today's playlist on the Heart of the East End program page on WLIWFM. We've got two tracks before Pete Mancini hits the stage here live 
in the WLIWFM Studio 51. We've got Talking Heads, Love Building on Fire, a live version from their the name of this band is Talking Heads, record of 82. 82, incidentally, where we started the playlist this morning, John Hartford's In Tall Buildings. Then we've got the infamous String Dusters, their uh, 2017 record, Laws of Gravity. This old building before Pete plays us, Why the Buildings Fall from his brand new record, Killing the Old Ways. And he will be killing it right here in the studio, so stay tuned. I'm Gianna Volpe. Uh, this is Talking Heads, and you, whoever, you are out there. You are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 if you're listening to us in uh, central or western Suffolk or corresponding sections of Connecticut, of course, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW. Dot org slash radio.
This old building is crumbling down. Ain't no people to gather round. This old building is crumbling down to the ground. There's no place to hide. This old building is crumbling down. Ain't no people to gather round. This old building is crumbling down to the ground. Light the fuse and walk away. Don't save it for a rainy day. Once you're This old building is crumbling down. Ain't no people to gather round. This old building is crumbling down to the ground. This old building is crumbling down. Ain't no people to gather round. This old building is crumbling down. This old building is crumbling down. Ain't no people to gather round. This old building is crumbling down. This old building is crumbling down. Ain't no people to gather round. This old building is crumbling down to the ground. This old building is crumbling down. Ain't no people to gather round. This old building is crumbling down to the ground. Live from WLIWFM Studio 51, welcoming into the studio Pete Mancini. Why, hello, my friend. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. All right, so I wanted to start by talking about your connection to Long Island. You're from Queens. Queens is on Long Island. Yes, so let's talk about like do do you do how do you feel about that? Do people uh, tell you uh, that you're from someplace else? Well, um, I live in Belrose, which is right on the border of Queens and Nassau. And uh, if I cross the street, 
I'm in Nassau. If I cross the street the other way, I'm in Queens. So I've always had one foot on Long Island, one foot in the city. But even so, even though, you know, Long Island, like Suffolk and Nassau County, they joke about it being the sixth borough. Mm -hmm. But even so, Queens and, uh, you know, Brooklyn, Kings County are on Long Island, which is something that I feel like people don't really think about. Yeah. The city, if you think about it, is Manhattan. Yes. So that's when, when once you go over the bridges, then you're in. It's an interesting uh, dynamic. And um, I'm happy to be located in between those, you know, the city and the island. And, uh, you know, I've played a lot of great shows out here. I've made a lot of lifelong friends. And uh, I love playing out here. So Can you talk a little bit about the history of playing out here out, out east? Um, I think we started playing out here when I was in uh, Butcher's Blind, right? And um, we did some albums out here. Uh, we were signed to Paradiddle Records, and uh, we just started playing. And um, you know, we ended up doing some records on the East End with Mick Hargraves and the Lantern Sound Recording Rig. Woo woo! And just over the years, made a bunch of friends and and had some great times. And uh, you know, the great times continue to this day. So um, that's the first time I saw you was in. Uh, West Hampton Beach, I believe, mm-hmm. with Butcher's Blind. Yes. You play with a few other bands. You've got the Hillside Airmen. Mm-hmm. You've got the uh, famous Dr. Scanlon band. Can you talk about those groups as well? Uh, yeah. Well, after Butcher's Blind uh, called it a day in 2016, I went solo, and my band is the Hillside Airmen, uh, Pete Mancini and the Hillside Airmen. Got it. And uh, the famous Dr. Scanlon band performs the music of Travis McKeveny. Yes. And... Um, yeah, those are kind of my uh, two main projects, and uh, yeah, we're playing out here and wherever we can. So before um, we get to the brand new record, Killing the Old Ways, which I've got in my hot little hands right here, uh, we did preempt this interview. Uh, we let in the track from the infamous String Dusters, which does have sort of a segue um, when we talk about Travis McKeveny, who is Travis or was, and... Um, what a loss for the Long Island music scene mm-hmm. uh, through the pandemic years. Yeah, Travis uh, was a best friend, brother in arms, and uh, a co-writer, partner. And, um, you know, we uh, we co-wrote a lot of songs together. And uh, he ended up co-writing uh, with the infamous String Dusters on the Laws of Gravity album. He did 1901, A Kang and Odyssey. And that went on to win a Grammy. And uh, it was... Such a cool story and uh, just a testament to, you know, Trav's ability as a writer and um, as a co-writer. And, uh, you know, I miss him dearly, but uh, we're keeping the torch going by playing his music. And um, and working on a new record, right, from Dublin to Duluth? Yes, yes. Um, so Trav left us with uh, some of the best songs that he ever wrote. His third album, I, I believe it's his... Uh, masterpiece and uh, we're going to finish that record and make sure it sees the light of day get it over the finish line and um you know i i I consider that like the most important work i'm i'm doing right now and um well speaking of finished work uh killing the old ways love this record i was listening to it on the way into the studio although i've definitely played it many times before already um let's talk about the first track that you're going to be playing for us um, this track, it's, it's funny. This was inspired by a conversation I had with Travis and, um, no kidding. yeah, I think we were getting bagels somewhere. Um, and, uh, we were talking about, you know, old houses and how 
people dress them up with new siding and it's kind of the same with people too as we as we get older and uh huh? we ended up writing this song i mean it wasn't a co-write but it was heavily inspired by travis and you know he was always when we weren't co-writing together he was inspiring music and um yeah there's a song called why the building falls and it's a song about the passage of time right here live in wliwfm studio 51 pete mancini Cover up the weathered beams Fresh paint over the seams This old house was built in 1925 In a simple, peaceful time Comb your hair Cover up the gray Try to smooth the lines of your face Your eyes have seen their share of despair Reflections of the sadness you wear Ask not why the building falls Walls will crumble and so do we all Ask not what the wise men say Find your truth and live for today Before it gets away Flags will burn Cities will rust Stories told Recorded in dust Lessons learned The wisdom of age Knock it down Tear a new page Ask not why The building falls Walls will crumble and so do we all Ask not what the wise men say Find your truth and live for today Before it gets away Find your truth and live for today 
before it gets away. Pete Mancini, Why the Building Falls from his brand new record, Killing the Old Ways, live here in WLIWFM Studio 51. I'm not going to say I feel personally attacked by that track, but maybe <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, I want to ask you, Pete, I was looking at uh, the new record, Killing the Old Ways, and I saw the name Zeus, and mm. just yesterday, my dad mentioned the name Zeus to me. So now I got to ask, who is Zeus? I saw he's a special thank on your record. Well, uh, Zeus is a very interesting character. He's kind of a, uh, a mystic, kind of a, a wise man, and a uh, soothsayer of sorts. He lives in Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, whenever I pass through on tour, I try to talk with Zeus. And, you know, he's uh, he makes jewelry and... Um, you know, every time we talk, we have this wide-ranging cosmic conversation about, like, you know, the deep meanings of life and stuff. And uh, he said something one time. He said, uh, there's too much darkness in the world. We need to be lighthouses. And I was like, dude, that's amazing, man. Can I borrow that? And yeah. And <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, you know. And um, I ended up writing it into a song, um, a track called Don't Ask If You Don't Want to Know. Oh. Oh, that's we're actually going to be leading out of the whole interview with that guy. Yeah, and um, I thanked him in the in the liner notes for for inspiring that that one lyric. And uh, yeah, he's a very cool guy. If you find yourself in Knoxville, Tennessee, ask around for Zeus. One of the beautiful things about touring. Can you talk a, a little bit about seeing this beautiful country, uh, getting off island, as it were? Uh, it's great. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I went on tour over the summer. And uh, it was just great to hit the road again after two years of, uh, you know, pandemic. It just felt good to, you know, connect with some uh, friends from out of state and uh, just play shows and drive around. And I love doing it. So. And I know you actually were able to get out, I guess, making this record in itself, right? You, didn't you fly out uh, the summer of 2020? Yes. In the summer of 2020, I flew down to Water Valley. Um Mississippi. Mississippi. I mean, you talk about making uh, a record that even comes close to touching blues. I mean, uh, that's the place to go. That is the place to go. And uh, we recorded at Dialback Sound, and um, Matt Patton from the Drive-By Truckers produced it along with Bronson, too. Crazy talk. And it was a crazy <laughs> time. Um, you know, a lot of crazy stuff was going on in the world, but we kind of holed up in the studio and became a band, and it was a a ray of light in an otherwise dark time. That is so. a beautiful thing. Talk about becoming lighthouses. Yeah. I did want to say thank you uh, to Brian Bannon doing the video here and Delaney Hafner uh, mixing the sound. I see that you have your Bell Curves shirt on. Uh, Great can, band. Can you talk a little bit about your history playing with Delaney and other uh, Long Island musicians? Um, yeah, uh, I think I met Delaney um, when you were playing in Panda Fan. And uh, we did some shows together. And then uh, when the bell curve started up, I was like, wow, I love these songs. And uh, ended up getting to play on the new album, Watershed, which was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. Yeah, we have. Uh, Delaney's awesome. She is. We love her. 
Watershed, The Bell Curves. It's out now. I did want to, to mention the reason why we're doing this interview is because you're going to be one of the people playing at Sag Harbor American Music Festival at the Whaling Museum, I yes. believe, Saturday at 3 o'clock. Uh, what a cool thing that this is free live music all weekend long in Sag Harbor. Um, WLIWFM's own Ed German is going to be kicking off uh, his Friday night soul show on the main stage on Friday night ahead of Red Barat. I had to make sure that I I said their, their name right. Awesome. Um, Music.org is the place that you can uh, find out the schedule. You don't need tickets. You just need to go and enjoy music. Can you talk about connecting with Sag Harbor American Music Festival? Have you played it before? I have, and uh, it's always a great fest. I think I played in 2019 with the Hillside Airmen. And then um, last year I played solo on the main stage and ended up meeting Roger Waters, which was very cool. Wow! please tell us that story. So I finished my set. I was uh, right on, I was on before the Resilient, who are a great band. And I believe they're playing again this year. And, uh, and I came off stage and uh, this guy's standing there. He's like, hey, was that you? Sounded really good. And I was like, man, you know, this guy, he really looks like Roger Waters. <laughs> And then they were like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, to announce the next band, give it up for Roger Waters. I was like, Stop wow, it. how about that? Oh, my God. Only on the East End, you know? Yes, only on the East and, End. And uh, he was super cool, and it was just, uh, you know, it was a great night. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, Saturday. It's a great festival, a lot of great bands, good atmosphere, and happy to be back, so. And, you know, if it's free, it's for me. So, you know, what? you can't get a better price tag for all of the amazing acts. Again, you can check sagharbormusic.org. Uh, speaking of websites, you can stream this on wliw.org slash radio. We are live in WLIWFM's Studio 51 listening to Pete Mancini play tracks from his brand new record, Killing the Old Ways, live for us. Now, the last track is Why the Building Falls. That one was not about the Twin Towers, but this next one is. Can you talk a little bit about Madison Avenue Blues? Well, um, yeah, it mentions the uh, the Twin Towers, um, but um, this, was, this next track was inspired by a job I had in the city for a while. I was working uh, for a marketing agency, and uh, I'm much better at making up songs than I am at uh, marketing. <laughs> and uh, no, I was just inspired by the things I saw and uh, felt while I was uh, on Madison Avenue, um, which is a very interesting place. So deeper, so deeper than really the tragedy of 9-11, which, you know, uh, for me, one of the things that uh, sort of got me was what happened afterward. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way that it... Um, started to talk about American, who, who you are as an American, and then the, uh, do you remember it was like you needed to have a flag on your car, mm -hmm. and then and then it was like you needed like two flags. Does it have to do with that? Does it have to do with capitalism and about uh, marketing? Can you talk a little bit about Madison Avenue Blues, what it, what it really means? Well, I guess the tragedy of 9-11 hangs over everything yes. and you know I was in my first week of high school when it happened and uh, I feel like we never really dealt with it 
in the right way, our national trauma of what we all went through together. And, uh, you know, as a New Yorker and, um, you know, it's, it just was a big part of my life and, uh, my family, my dad was a first responder and, uh, you know, he was at both world trade center bombings and, uh, you know, was, uh, it greatly affected him. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's about, you know, every year we have this day of remembrance and then we just kind of go back into, you know, the, the everyday life. Right. And, uh, you know, right after 9-11 happened, there was this beautiful moment of unity. Unfortunately, it didn't last very long and uh, now we're more polarized than ever. And, uh, you know, we just kind of now we we acknowledge it and we move on. And, uh, you know, I have a hard time moving on from it. I still do, even all these years later. And if you look at it historically, it kind of was a big, you know, moment that look at where we are today. You know, a lot of it can be traced back to 9-11 and the events that unfolded after that. So the state of our country today, whether we realize it or not, was impacted by that. So I believe, you know, again, we haven't really had the the right discussion as a country of how to deal with the trauma of of that event and right. the good and the bad that came out of it. Right. So. Amen. Pete Mancini, Madison Avenue Blues from his brand new record, Killing the Old Ways, live in WLIWFM Studio 51. Gold watches and designer clothes a syndicated TV show Silver spoon and drinking hand A rented room in the promised land Fitted suits head home from work Spend their weekends getting their money's worth Stranded out here on the avenue What a drag it is to catch a glimpse of you Idle hands, broken heart Break down a brand new start It's the modern world and there's nothing that you can do You got the Madison Cars and Amtrak trains Portfolios of growing pains Diversified but still the same Ain't it funny how we never change I was just a kid when the towers fell Yeah, life goes on, it's just as well Every year they read the names Then it's back there's money to be made Idle hands, broken heart Break down a brand new start It's the modern world And there's nothing that you can do You got the Madison 
Pete Mancini, Madison Avenue Blues from the brand new record Killing the Old Ways, performed live in the WLIWFM Studio 51. I'm Gianna Volpe. You are listening to us live on the 88.3 section of your FM dial, 96.9 if you're in central or western Suffolk County. Of course, we're streaming online at WLIW.org slash radio. Absolutely astonishing, especially when I think about uh, your story and your father's story. Uh, Can you talk a little bit uh, from your experience and your family's experience uh, about the interplay between 9-11 and the pandemic that we all went uh, through collectively as a people? For for those in New York, uh, lockdown was also an element in that tragedy. Yeah, um, I mean, over the last, you know, however many years, we've lived through uh, a lot of collective trauma as a nation, and uh, the pandemic is another thing where, you know, we're trying our best to move on, but you know, um, we lost a lot of people right over the pandemic, and. Uh, I don't think, you know, we want to return to normal, but what exactly is normal after something like that? Right. I mean, 9-11 was like that. The pandemic is like that. And, you know, it's just uh, we have to do our best to move on from these these things. But, you know, it's also I think it would be a mistake to not acknowledge what we lost and not acknowledge the national tragedy that, you know, the worldwide tragedy of the pandemic. Right. Um, we, we can't just memory hold this and move on. We have to learn from it and become better and stronger. And the only way we do that is by having the right conversations and by, uh, you know, not pointing the finger and blaming each other and arguing. And, uh, you know, we have to move on together. Move on. Moving on in a healthy way mm-hmm. involves processing. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about how you process? I imagine uh, songwriting is a big part of that. Songwriting definitely helps, um, and, uh, you know, it's it's one of the great joys of my life. Um, but, yeah, you know, we we kind of, uh, you know, we, we go through these events, and, uh, you know, the memories we take out of them, um, you know, we, uh, you know, they definitely influence my writing, and, right. um, you know, songwriting is a big part of, of that. Has it been part of... You're moving on from, but or more, um, specifically processing the loss of Travis McKevney. I oh, mean, you been... you mentioned um, working on Dublin to Duluth, but what are some other ways that um, help you uh, in losing Travis? Well, I mean, losing Travis was, you know, just devastating and and still is. But you know, I take solace in knowing that you know. When I write now, I, I ask myself, what would Travis do here? And, uh, you know, in, in a way, we're still collaborating, you know. Um, and I'm grateful for all the music we got to make together. I'm grateful for the touring we got to do together and all the awesome times we had. And, you know, I'll never forget that. And I'll always take it with me wherever I go. And I'll play his music, where you know, wherever I go on tour. I bring some of his songs with me. And... Uh, you know, that's a powerful thing because, you know, when I play his songs, that was where we would really connect. You know, when we were playing, we, we used to play a lot of duo shows together and, um, you know, playing those songs is very important to me. 
and yeah, it's been a huge part of how I've uh, been dealing right. with with this. Do so, you remember uh, when you met him? I do. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it was in 2012. We were playing a show at Gallery Z. It was an art gallery, and um, I believe it was like uh, you know I can't remember the the town. I think so. It was you near- were with Butcher's Blind. I was solo that day. Oh, okay. Butcher's Blind was still active, but uh, it was a solo show. And I remember it was me, Brian Gallo, Travis McKevney. And uh, Travis played Fanfare of Rolling Dice. And I remember just going Great like, track. damn. Yeah. And uh, his songs are so incredible. And just his first album alone, some of the songs on that record are incredible. Slow and, climber. And ly- lyrically just unbelievable. Yeah. Slow Climber, Fanfare of Rolling Dice, What Good Are Dreams, House Where You Live. I mean, mm-hmm. those were on his first album. Yeah. And he was such an incredible writer. And if listeners could take away one thing from this interview, you know, I, I hope that they would seek out Travis's look, music. Yes, look him up. Last year's Leaves, like all of his records, and keep a lookout for From Dublin to Duluth. Another interesting um, connection is that Andy Falco of the String Dusters produced his second album, October Porches and Secondhand Fears. Stop it! It's amazing. Amazing record. Yeah, it is. I play it all the time. I remember playing it that, that morning that we lost him. Yeah, I was listening. We, or that we learned that I we lost him. I remember when you played uh, Working on My Farewell, which yes. is one of my favorite songs of I his, thought so. it was. I thought that would be a, a good one to, to start to say goodbye. Um, we've had his father on mm-hmm. since then. Can you talk a little bit about Travis's father? Because... I know uh, from my friendship with Travis, he thought so much of his father mm. and his musicality, obviously. After, when I interviewed him and I, we got off uh, the air, I said, you, you sound just like your son. I, I felt like I was speaking to him. Well, Jerry is a dear friend of mine, and uh, he is an incredible musician, amazing guitar player, and uh, a member of the famous Dr. Scanlon Band. And um, he also plays in Gathering Time and couple of other projects but um yeah jerry was a huge influence on travis and uh i you know there's a lot of travis and jerry and um you know hanging and working with jerry is is amazing so you know i'm I'm happy to be carrying the torch with him in the famous dr scanlon band and uh you know uh we also have cass house dave march john rienzi and joe cajano in the band and, uh, you know, the gigs we've played so far have been amazing. And just the outpouring of love from the crowd. And there's a lot of love for Travis. And um, that's what makes the famous Dr. Scanlon band so important. Um, well, and a me. lot of love for you. You know, we've had to, to fight the fans off just to get <laughs> Pete into Studio 51 this morning. And we will be uh, playing the uh, siding off of this CD, Killing the Old Ways. Since it just dropped, and we cannot wait to see you this Saturday at three o'clock at um, the Whaling Museum for the Sag Harbor American Music Festival. Uh, as far as everything else is going, I know we mentioned Zeus and we mm-hmm. mentioned uh, the track we're going to be leading out with, which is Don't Ask If You Don't Want to Know. Um, before I do let you go, what is coming up for you for Pete Mancini in the coming year? So uh, in the coming year, um, just going to continue touring, playing wherever and whenever I can. Um, I have a new record written, ready to go. I'm going to nice. record that with uh, 
dial back sound again. And uh, very excited about that. And um, I've also I've been working with uh, Jimmy Webb, um, which crazy, has been very cool. Crazy town. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy is, is super cool. And um, I'm kind of a uh, assistant understudy type guy. Amazing and, uh, to I was learn. just with him yesterday and it was it was awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful news. So psyched about the new record. I thought that we might have to wait a little bit um, because of, of from Dublin to Duluth. But that is incredibly good news all right so we're gonna lead out with don't ask if you don't want to know from killing the old ways and we thank pete mancini for joining us of course don't forget you can see ed our, our very own ed german kick off his friday night soul program live from the main stage uh at sag harbor american music festival ahead of red brat wliwfm is a main stage partner of the Sag Harbor American Music Festival. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Pete Mancini. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Awesome. Your resolutions made, the bills have gone unpaid, the checks were all in the mail, the peace of mind is not for sale. 